0: Today, we're going to do a deeper dive into mental health and the emotional state of everybody pretty much across the nation, particularly children and young adults. Um, it's, it's a tough world, but today's guest is Dr. Bradford. She is, um, well versed in the education system and has a tremendous amount of experience to share with us. Um, I, Honestly, really enjoyed the conversation with her and we touched up on many things and uh, we found that uh, we definitely agree on many levels of what is considered to be critical to live a healthy, happy, fulfilled life. My name is Mike. Every week I talk about things that I care about. Hopefully you find them of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is brought to you by grassdoor.com. Cannabis delivery made simple. Save 40% now you use the code daily at checkout. Growing up, we had excitement for life, but as adults, we tend to dim our flame for others. And that resonated with me on, on many levels. Um, I would love uh, the opportunity to speak with you about what, what it does mean to live a full, happy, fulfilled life and what it might take uh, to get there.
1: Yes, yes. And I I think that that's very important for all of us. Um, I always reflect on my childhood, even though um, growing up, I did have some bumps and some bruises and some tough times. But I just reflect on when we were children, how life was just so amazing for all of us. You know, you go to the park, you don't care what outfit you throw on. I mean, it could match or it could be torn. I'm going to play with my friends at the park. Or you're in the store and, you know, nothing matters. You don't have the stress of a mortgage or deadlines or fitting in at work. It's just, I'm living life and a a piece of bubblegum would just highlight your day or an ice cream cone. And so we have all this zest and enthusiasm for life. But then as we transition into adulthood, we start to run into these roadblocks and we start to run into these challenges and it starts to make us kind of dim our flame a little bit because we think about others that are around us and we're steadily just some of us are looking like, okay, my neighbor has this and why don't I have this? Or my friend was accepted into that school. Why wasn't I? And so instead of living in the moment and truly being happy with, you know what, I've accomplished this so far and I'm going to check this box, I'm going to enjoy this moment and then I'll move forward. But as adults, we tend to have to conform. And as a principal and as an administrator, I've seen that so many times in the school. Because you'll hear teachers say, Don't worry about what they think about you. Don't worry about what Johnny is saying. But then when we get into the real world of adulthood, we do worry about those things. We worry about worry about fitting in. We worry about um, our peers. And we even as our married life, will this new family like me? Will I fit into that circle? Or it's on our jobs. Can I? I have a question about something, but I'm afraid to ask because I don't want to lose my job. And so we start conforming and it's better just to be quiet and not to rock the boat than to live the life that we truly deserve.
0: You hit up on a lot of things there. Before <laughs> before we continue, if it's possible, please um, turn up your mic a little bit. Sure, if, sure. There, if there's a way for you to do that or bring it closer, please.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. Is that better?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That is a little bit better. Yes. Um, It's going to help tremendously for, uh, for post. uh, When I start working on this later today. Okay. Um, I I feel like uh, conformity is, um, is what happens as uh, you realize that um, things are kind of the way they are. And they've been like this for a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. the societal structures and, and then there's like a lot of aspects of our humanity that are ingrained in us, right? The desire to fit in comes from being, let's say, tribal. And um, it's interesting to see that so much time, right? Mm-hmm. Decades or hundreds of years or thousands of years go by. and but some of these things are still ingrained in us, mm-hmm. and we don't I feel like often we don't really see or recognize it. Um, and they manifest.
1: Oh, so, most definitely. And, and, it, and it's scary because we get to the point that, like even in our society today, as adults, where's the fun in life? We, we can't joke anymore. We can't be true to ourselves. We're walking around with so many masks on, and you really don't know who you're dealing with. And it's time for us to unmask ourselves and try to be true to who you are. But we put on this work mask and then we take it off and we when we get back home and we put on this mask when we go around our friend circle. And there are some things that may they may say or do and that you don't agree with, but you know, I'm I'm not going to rock the boat here. I don't want everyone to turn around and look at me. So I'll I'll nod and I'll I'll laugh. And unfortunately, I've had I've been in situations like that even at work. And because there are things that may take place and that's not funny to me. But, you know, Nicole, why aren't you laughing? You know, everyone else thought that was okay. Or, hey, you kind of sing off to your side. Well, that doesn't sit well with me. And instead of accepting that and allowing me to be me, well, something's wrong with her. Everyone else is laughing and you're not. Something has to be wrong with you. Or everyone sees the value in this and you don't. So something has to be wrong with you. But we have to reflect and be strong enough in ourselves to say, no. I don't have to go along with the group to be okay with myself. I can stand firm on what I believe and what I feel. And unfortunately, so many of us are fearful of doing that because you can lose so much in the process.
0: Depends on how high you've been able to climb in your social and economic um, ladder. The higher you get, the, difficult, the more difficult it becomes to, uh, to be different. To, uh, mm-hmm. to challenge uh, authority fear uh, in fear of losing what you may have gained. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot in life um, from quite powerful people, at least from my perception to be powerful. And yet they're probably somewhere in that cog. There's always someone further above and um, that's just kind of how it goes. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but whether we're talking at work or – or in social circles, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like um, it's just a desire for most of us for acceptance. Yes. But I think, I think uh, it, it's, uh, you say it right here and it's perfect. I believe in being audaciously authentic. And I would say that the most important part of that statement is that you're authentic to yourself. Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the message that I try to share with everyone on a daily basis because it's just so hard and some things that people struggle with that you would never think, you know, that, well, why is this so difficult? And I know, I remember my son will be 21 years old, but when he was younger, we were sitting in a little league game. And uh, of course I have my face painted and I'm screaming and I'm yelling and I'm so excited to be there. And uh, this mom comes up and she taps me on the shoulder and she's like, Hey, I hear you yelling for your son. Um, do you mind doing the same for mine? And I'm thinking, this is a game, everyone, you know? But she had this complex and she was like, I just don't want anyone looking at me. And of course, I live my life out loud. I get one shot at this. I've lost so much in the process and I just wanna live a life of no regret. So I was like, sure, what's his number? And I started yelling, but it concerned me as I was going home because this woman had a child She brought him into this world. And instead of standing by his side and supporting him, it meant so much to her for other people not to look at her and think bad of her or think you're weird than to just express her feelings and her love for her child. And so that that's concerning because and then I know that some people may say that has never happened, but in circles and in life, there are so many things that we suppress to please other people.
0: Yeah, that's, (laughs) I mean, it it starts, it starts from childhood, right? We want to please our parents and, um, and as you get older, it just depends. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I read somewhere else in a lot of the, the information you had put out there, Mm -hmm. uh, talking about how, you know, you have to be there for your kids. You know, your home is the, um, is the place where it begins. Yes. For mm-hmm. for education, that it's okay to make mistakes. And um, I feel like so much of what you're talking about starts there. You know, yes. we're, we, we, we're born into this world and then we become these little people. And depending on how our lives are governed by uh, our parents, at some point we become adults, but are we really adults?
1: No, no. And, and one thing I always tell everyone, we are all just little kids in big bodies.
0: Yeah, The same <laughs> things
1: that went on in, in high school and junior high school. That's exactly what we're experiencing now in life. We're in that scary cafeteria where, oh, my goodness, what table do I sit at? Is it the cool table? Is it the nerd table? Whatever it is. Well, the life has become this large cafeteria. And you're just trying to navigate to figure out where you belong. And raising our children, um, the greatest moments we had were when they were younger. And what hurts me as an educator is so many times, and I've been on all levels, I've been very fortunate and blessed to be from a teacher all the way up. We see this excitement and this commitment when they're young and they're in elementary. But then as they go from middle school to high school, it tapers off. Because they're like, hey, they got it now. I don't need to go to PTA. I don't need to be involved in that school. That's when they need us the most. And I always say our home is the training ground. And with our babies, we always tell them, they're 21, 25, and almost 20. But we tell them now, this is where you make your mistakes. Because when you get in there into life, life is tough. And it will eat you up and spit you out. So it's okay <laughs> to fail you. It is totally fine. We're going to learn and walk through this together. So instead of, and and with parents that I talk to at schools, we have so many goals and aspirations that we have for our children because we didn't accomplish it or because it'll make me look fine or cool with my friends. It's impressive to say my son's a lawyer or my daughter's a doctor. Yeah, not so much to say she's a manager of whatever store, but what if that makes your child happy? You've lived your life. You've done all the things you wanted to do. Why are we putting that undue pressure on our children? And and that takes a toll on them. And then we wonder why anxiety and stress and all of these things are at an all-time high. But as parents, we need to take a step back and say, am I contributing to that? Do I have a part to play in that? Am I helping my child or am I hindering them?
0: I think we need more educators like you, Dr. Bradford, (laughs) all over the, all over the country. Thank you. You know, I, uh, I said that to, to my four-year-old the other day, maybe, uh, maybe not the other day, but it was recent. And I'm like, and I told my wife the same, um, we have to at least let them know that we're, we're always going to be the easiest on them in this world. Mm -hmm. But like life is hard. Mm -hmm. Once you get out here, um, it's not fun it's quite scary and um, the there's real burdens to, to take on uh, how do we prepare them um, emotionally and psychologically and physically to uh, to be you know to take on the world mm-hmm. in in the in the way that they uh, would like to I mean I've gone I've accomplished a lot in my life and I'm still young and I'm not gonna stop
1: that's right
0: but um, but how do I you know, teach these things to my two little girls so that they can also live a full and happy, fulfilled um, life where they're doing all the things that they want to do. You know, I Mm -hmm. skipped, I skipped formal education. I skipped college. I was just interested in other things. Right. And I look back now and I say, well, could could I have achieved more if I went that direction, but had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm hmm. Could you believe that in my mid 30s now I'm reconsidering going back but have a firmer idea of where my my true interests lie and what I would mm-hmm. like to uh do with them exactly uh I feel like that's that's a tough that's a tough lesson mm-hmm. uh for a lot of young people who kind of uh get into college and have an idea and considering that there's a lot of pressure from parents and you're right. You know, parents will like to brag, like, "Hey, you know, my kid's a doctor." Yeah. You know, um, and that's as impressive as that is. That uh, that comes with a lot of its own issues too. I don't know. Um, did you practice medicine, or did you get a different uh, a different uh, doctorate degree?
1: No, my uh, doctoral degree is in educational leadership, and Got and it. and to you, I congratulate you on that and your accomplishment and for you to stop and take a time to realize, you know, this is the right time because I know what I want to do. So many of us rush into things in life because, you know, it's everyone's doing. It. Again, back in junior high and high school, my friends are doing it, but you're going to school and you're getting these degrees, but you're not using them. So, Why are you going? If you know you're not prepared and you know this is not really what you want to do, it's okay. Go out there. Experience life. And then when you're ready, don't allow everyone else to narrate your story. You have to do it for yourself. And that's what you decided to do. I'm taking away that power from society and from everyone else that says, okay, high school, check the box. Now on to... No, That's not the path that I want to take. And that's because a successful life is not a straight shot. We all have so many detours, a left turn, or like the navigation lady says, turn around here and (laughs) go back and try it again. That's exactly what life is. And we have to understand also as parents, we're showing our babies and with your two little girls, you teach people how to treat and that's so important. And you have to be okay with yourself. We have three children, two girls and a boy. And my baby has always lived life out loud. So she had on a um, a shirt one day with a bunch of polka dots, and her pants had a bunch of lines in it. So she went. She came to the um, to me in the morning that day and was like, "Mommy, look at my outfit." And we allowed them to choose. And I'm like, "That's." Awesome. I love it. And I said, Now, are you okay with this? Because it's important for you. Do you love it? Yes, I love it. You look amazing. So she goes to school, and this little boy tells her, Caitlin, you're making me dizzy. You have too many dots and lines on your clothes today. (laughs) And she says, But I love it. So if we tell them at home that, you know, you have to be as long as you're okay with it. Who cares what they say when you walk out of this door, but you have to love who you are and what you, your, the decisions that you've made. And, and she's lived her life like that from zero to almost 20 years old. And I love it because we gave her that safe space to create her, her identity, design her life and a safe space to fail. It's okay to fail you because we're going to fail together.
0: Yeah. I mean, failure is not, is not that bad though. Um, you know, fear, fear is what governs all people. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of fear, different levels of it. And, um, and that's a, a a real thing that, uh, that goes into decision-making and and choices. And I mean, I, it baffles me, uh, when I reflect on it so much, I've had, um, a number of years where I've, um, gone through psilocybin treatment um for myself and as we know today that is becoming more popular because of the very topics we're talking about as adults we'll lose identity we'll we'll have you know this moment of like wait a minute Mm -hmm. what what have I done the last 20 years what am I doing with my life where am I going and uh though not everybody needs it and obviously the very first place we should start is with our children so that they won't need any type of treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, we can give them the tools early on, but if, what if we're lacking them too as adults, not, not knowing that, um, you know, these are aspects of life that we've ignored or just didn't really ever identify that it's an issue, right? Fear and Mm -hmm. this and that and, uh, wanting to fit in.
1: And that's the, the hardest part for me, especially as an educator and administrator, even at the high school, walking around and you just see so many children that are withdrawn and that, that are just, you know, already frustrated at 16 and 17 years old, and they haven't even begun to live life. But I've had so many share with me. I could never talk to my parents about the stuff I talked to you about. And that's scary. And wow. sometimes it may be like you shared some parents that may say, I don't know how to help you or some parents that think, and, and a lot of times may, it may be an examination and parents think, come on, it's not that big of a deal. You take it, you can retake it. Well, put yourself in that child's position. How would you feel if someone walked up to you and say, come on, you're going to miss a mortgage payment. It's really not that big a deal. You can make a payment next month. Well, you know, it's going to affect your credit, it's going to affect your life long term. And so the, that big milestone or that big situation for you is the same for our babies, and no matter what their age is, and we cannot continue to dismiss that, but we have to support them through it so that they will learn how to cope in different situations. So what can I do for you for this test? How can we prepare? Or have you talked to your professor? walking them through and giving them the tools that they need to make the right decision. Because some students, you don't know where they are and if it's their breaking point, but unfortunately we've had ch- children that make permanent decisions for a temporary problem. And we have to be there to support those babies.
0: Right. I mean, it's the, as you said, it that's where it begins. And, yeah. um, and I, I reflect on making that mistake at times that you're right. What may seem like not that big of an issue. I mean, even at four years old, That's but it's right. like, but it's like, I have to, I really have to be paying attention and just mm-hmm. kind of seeing what's going on and not be so dismissive. It's easy to be dismissive because, um, I mean, just based on our, uh, just based on my own personality like i like to fix things what there's a problem like okay let me you know let's fix it or, or let's mm-hmm. overcome it um but uh sometimes that comes with uh the the attitude of dismissal yes. right because mm-hmm. uh because based on how my brain crunches the info and it says well this isn't a big deal man mm-hmm. you know what are we worried about this for um so it, it gives me a different kind of perspective to see, to see it through maybe their eyes and exactly. and their experiences cuz it's not the same i mean i'm sure she, she you know as four years old she can be like daddy it's okay if you missed the payment you can pay next month it's like yeah. no you don't understand baby <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's not it's not that easy yes. um life is so tough to yes. you know when you said that there's 16 and 17 year olds already frustrated i mean what are some of these frustrations that they're feeling are you are you um, familiar with some of them
1: oh yes most definitely of course, some of the frustrations could be in their personal home life and what's going on at home. Um, we have students where they're not; they don't even have a place to lay their heads, and or wow. they and, and teachers are. You know, you need to get out of here. You need to focus on what we're doing. But how can I focus? You know, I haven't in a house with no lights. I haven't had a meal since lunchtime yesterday. So they have the personal issues. Of course, they have the issues fitting in. And of course, I can't get those name brand clothes because my parents can't afford it or even on the the reverse. I have all the name brand clothes and I have a brand new BMW outside in a student parking lot. But my parents have never said I love my parents have never been to one football game and I've never had one quality conversation with my parents. So they're trying to navigate these situations, but they're afraid to share with some people because, again, they'll dismiss it. Oh, you have a BMW outside. What are you upset? And people don't understand. Like we look at some of the rich and the famous and the people that we, where we aspire to be in life. But some of those people are, are unhappy because you can have all the money in the world, but not be at peace on the inside. And that makes a difference.
0: Yes, I've heard that many times, many, many different people I've spoken to over the years. And it's, uh, you know, one would say, hey, look, if your parents bought you a Beamer, that is love, man.
1: Yes, yes. And they're <laughs> yeah. showing
0: you love right there. I mm-hmm. mean, um, a bit much for a kid, I think. You should be driving a Honda at that yeah. age so you, so you can understand the value of a Beamer. It ain't cheap, yeah. number one. And number That's two, great. you got to figure out how to drive first safely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I think that's um, there's so many lessons throughout life that um, that that have taught me, and it should teach many people if they're uh, aware that it's happening. That like, earning is the best feeling. Yes. Um, it's sad to hear that there's still, you know, uh, kids that are struggling with mm-hmm. like relationships with their parents. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm not ignorant that it exists. I'm just surprised that in 2022, these are problems that are still happening to 16 and 17 year olds where they can't really speak to their parents. I mean, because technically, some of us are from uh, w- which generations are we talking about? I know. <laughs> so, like the generation of from the 80s and 90s and 2000s, right? So, I mean, the, those three decades. Wouldn't we think that we're a little more progressive in even though we've been conditioned from our from our own childhood?
1: Yes. Well, but then you also have to reflect on a lot of us. We believe, well, my parents did it and I turned out fine. So we're so caught up in I have to do it this way. And if I guide you and don't speak when adults are speaking and all of that, it's going to make you a better person because it worked for my family. But just because it worked then, think about it. Look at the world that we live in now. Yes, there are some amazing things that we can take away from our childhood. But our children now have so many distractions. I mean, cell phones and and television and every type of app that's out there vying for their attention. It's a it's very tough. And so we have to understand as adults, we have to build relationships with our children and figure out what works with them so that we can have that strong foundation. And I think so many times we're so caught up in the past and what worked for us, but sometimes it may not work in today's society with our children. So those uh, courageous conversations um, we with our children, we talk about everything. You go to a party, don't you put your drink down. And you hear someone talking in the store and they say, can you come outside? And don't you go out there? Because unfortunately, you know, people are being kidnapped. People are being drugged. It's so much out there that they just don't know how to navigate. And as parents, we're learning as, along with our children because the world has changed so much.
0: Yeah, it is quite drastic. And those yeah. are then those are new problems for sure. Um some old and some new, mm-hmm. but, but I think these are, uh, these are the dangers of the world. Um, yeah. As, as we had said earlier, it's uh, as, uh, w- when you get out into the real world, you discover for the first time, uh, how difficult it is. And hopefully you have parents around, right? Mm-hmm. A mom and dad, a, a grandparent, somebody for those mm-hmm. that have nobody, I mean, it's that it's just exponentially harder to navigate a world like that when you're completely all alone. Um, and no wonder why. And, and, you know, we have so many different r- related issues, you know,
1: mm-hmm. mental, and I health, was, and mental yes. health and the rest. Oh, yes, you're right. Now, even for myself growing up, you talked about how I uh, made the statement with the young person saying, Oh, well, at least you got a beamer. Um, growing up in my house as a child, early on, I started a very humble beginnings. My, my parents were very poor, but they ended up being very, very successful. But it's at the same time, I grew up in a home where I witnessed domestic violence. But as parents, we don't understand the things that we're doing in front of our children how it impacts their lives. So the way that we talk, the way that we live, the compromises that we make in society, well, mom, didn't we just leave church? But now you're doing this. Or mom, you just told me not to do X, Y, and Z. I don't care what you're telling me. I see what you're living. And so in my childhood, I was fortunate when I got older. I got a car. I got those materialistic things. But they could never replace the love that I needed. And the support to grow up and be a healthy, vibrant adult. So then I had to go out and find the resources to give me the tools that I need so that I can help someone else. But living in that household, you would think, okay, maybe this is how a man is supposed to treat a woman, but it's not. And so people just think, oh, they're kids. They're not paying attention, but they're looking and paying attention a lot more than we would ever believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean I see it. I see it from these little kids that we've got these little people we've created.
1: Yes.
0: It's um it's a magical man. We we both look at each other and say we we created life. Yes. And it comes with so much responsibility, but just look how amazing the um the whole thing from start to finish, you know, what it looks like and what they turn into and yes, we are absolutely responsible for all of these things. Um And they are paying attention. I mean, my four-year-old really surprises me at times. Just the, sometimes something just comes out of her and I'm like, wait a minute. I've never heard you say that before. Yeah. Or, uh, or I'll ask a question and the response would be, um, I want to say, a lot more sophisticated than I would have expected it to be. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute. You had a lot more thought behind that. You actually... Um, so it, um, it reveals itself to us that, wait a minute, there's a lot more here. They're, they're absorbing a lot more than what we think they are. Um, I grew up in a, in a similar environment too. I feel like, uh, I, I, it just crossed my mind randomly. Like, what if this is a part of, um, a type of evolution, right? As mm-hmm. there are individuals like us growing up in, uh, either broken homes or, um, violent homes. That, uh, of course, it can go either way, right? Yes. We can we can continue the cycle, or we or we get better and recognize that th- these were these were not okay, and that mm-hmm. we need to do better. That's and right. so, unfortunately, there's still that split where half may evolve and become better and understand that they can do better things not to do, and then mm-hmm. the other half, which is like, no, this is all normal. I experienced it, and I'm going to repeat it um i mean um yeah it just makes me wonder like is this a part of evolution and in, in time will we you know in a century could we expect uh humanity to improve drastically in how we uh treat ourselves how we treat each other
1: mm-hmm. and and i think that goes back to like you talked about your your daughter watching and witnessing and her responses to things we have to have the courage to truly tap into what we want and what we like and what we desire. Just take a moment to say, am I truly happy with my life at this time? Is this truly something that I want for myself? And when you pause and you take that moment, you reflect and you're going to evaluate where you are in life. And it may be difficult. And I I, I totally get it for people that go into those type of relationships as a result of a childhood, but it takes time and it takes courage and you can pull yourself out of those situations because you have to think about you have someone that cares about you. It could be if, if you don't have children, you have a friend, you have a coworker, someone that is concerned about you and your well-being. So number one, you always want to do it for yourself. But if not, as a parent, let's look back and say that'll give you the nudge that you need do I want my daughter going through this? Do I want my son living a life like this? And if that answer is no, then you have to make those steps, that forward motion to create the life that you desire. And forward motion are just baby steps. I'm not saying tomorrow, pack up your things and get out the door and I'm done. Now what? I listen to this nut on the radio and she's telling me that's it. But no, instead of doing that, just say, okay, I'm going to set down my goals and Tomorrow, I'm going to get me a counselor. And then after I do that, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to start doing something special for myself. And those baby steps will give you the momentum that's needed to go in the direction that you, you desire.
0: I think, uh, I mean, wanting to, wanting to go in the direction you desire, of course, requires knowing what where what that direction is and uh and that can take sometimes a lifetime to yes. to discover i you know thinking about the difficulties of life i mean even if i said i don't want my daughters to experience some of the difficulties i did um deep down i also feel like this is how they will learn If they don't experience the hardships I did, Mm -hmm. inevitably they'll experience new ones that may be unique in their life in some, in some regard, you know, like it's just, it's really tough. And I've thought about this, uh, wanting to, wanting to give our kids as much as possible because we didn't have as much, um, will they appreciate it? Will they, will they not? Will they, um, inevitably decide that it was, you know, like, I didn't ask for all this mom, dad. Yes. <laughs>
1: and I think that's the, the difficult balance for adults and parents, because you struggle with that. I, I think I want to make it as easy as I can for them, or but at the same time, I want them to learn. But I think the best thing that we can offer to our children is the power of thought. Think for yourself. Don't allow other people to place their thoughts in your mind. Don't do what other people are doing just because it's a cool thing to th- do and giving them the tools that they need to make positive or good decisions when they're confronted with a situation. And knowing that if you make a decision, it's okay if it wasn't the right decision. It turns out to be a difficult decision that you don't think was right. But with based on the information that you had, at the time that it occurred, that was the best decision for them. So, giving them and teaching them the ability to think for themselves, I think, is one of the best gifts that we can give because we struggle for that um, with that as parents with three adult children. So, transitioning from early lives to adult lives, so many times I just want to just say, okay, what do you need? Because it's not come to my games, it's hey, cash out me. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm not an ATM." But uh, that's how you transition to some of these older kids, but I want you to and when they come with their problems and and issues they're dealing with, let's let's stop and let's think about it. Now, I can give you my opinion all day long, but that's based on me and my experiences. I want you to share with me, what are your what are you thinking now? What do you think the best approach would be? And we kind of go through that together. Not your, well, my friend's moving out with his girlfriend, Why? No, what's going to work for you? I want you to give me some pros and cons and let's think through this together. So the power to think for yourself and not try to conform or not try to be like everybody that's going on. Think about how this is going to impact you later on once you make this decision. And I think when we do that and we give them those tools, that's going to help them make those decisions about the mortgage, the cars, saving, because you have to think about how is this going to affect me uh, long term when making those decisions.
0: You know, this is a uh, this is all valuable information. I, I love that you said that. I, I feel like thought is the most powerful tool, critical thinking, and. Uh, and, but when you start tying it into other aspects of our being, uh, it can be quite powerful mm-hmm. if you can get a handle on it. So your emotions, your desires, your fears, um, um, you know, the, uh, any type of FOMO you might have. Uh, well, it's, it's so important to be able to take that, I want to say, a self-audit of whatever the situation is. Teaching them that can, uh, can I feel like, can exponentially r- raise their emotional intelligence. Um, this is why I say, I'm like, we, you know, we need more educators like you. I mean, you care about what you're talking about. You care about what you're doing. You understand it thoroughly. Um, I appreciate educators, but I can tell you in my lifetime, I may have had maybe two or three that were like, wow. Looking back on it as an adult and saying, those teachers were amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not very many, right? How many yeah. do we get in our, so let's, let's say 15 or so mm-hmm. different yeah. educators or, or no plus, right? Because we have yeah. different periods right? yeah, all throughout. <laughs> yeah. So let's say maybe roughly 25 to 30 different uh, people we we may come in contact with and to only pull a small percentage out of them and say, you know, these educators were exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um you know how can we get how can you how can we get educators to be this excited about uh, getting involved? I mean, it's children spend more time at school than they do with That's their parents.
1: Right. Yes, yes, you're a hundred, and I'm glad you you say that because we have so much power as educators. And um, I've always said, even with myself, I've always been a big advocate for the underdog because um, for so many years of my life, I was the underdog. And um, I lived in Austin, Texas, and I was bused to the other side of town. And I, everyone else, you know, because I was subpar and I was just kind of barely making it through. And of course, I didn't have that support at home because my parents didn't finish high school. So it was my favorite teacher, um, Miss Ellie Lardin. She reminds me of Willie Nelson, but she, (laughs) she kept me inspired, but she always helped me to believe in Nicole. And I would say, you know, that's I, I can't write an essay like that. I can't do those things. But the, it's because she took time to build that relationship with me. And I know that teachers nowadays, they are so overworked and undervalued. I get it. I've been a principal. There is so much going on with teachers right now. And I get concerned about their mental health because they deal with children all day long. But then they have to go home and have their own lives. So just taking those extra few minutes for teachers to, to connect with kids to find out, hey, you're, you're acting a little off today, or you're not doing what you're, I'm asking you to do today. What's going on? And when you build that relationship, I know that it'll make a difference. But I'm truly passionate about education because I've seen so much and I've experienced a lot, but only with my own education itself. It was a struggle for me because I wasn't one of those geniuses that can just make A's. And I was on all AP classes. That was not me at all. I was just persistent. And so no matter what, if I have to stay up eight or nine hours studying for a test, that's what I was going to do. But I I just couldn't just look at something and be ready to go. And because I struggled, I seek out students that are struggling. When I'm working on campuses and I see that child that's sitting by themselves in the cafeteria, that's where I spend my lunch. Hey, what's going on? And then everyone's like, hey, Dr. Byerford, why are you over there? Come on over here. I hate for people to feel left out and not included and not valued. So if teachers just take a few moments to connect with our students, and we have a, a lot of them that are out there that's doing them doing that, but we also have educators that are burnout. And, and if that's the case, We need to evaluate where we are and not only do it for yourself, but do it for the children that are sitting in your classrooms because you're not doing them a a service being there. If you're not really committed to the cause.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, but they are people just like, just like the students they teach. I mean, people are complicated. Mm -hmm. There's so many facets and it's like, um, if you're doing a job, uh, just for the sake of doing a job, right? It's mm-hmm. just a paycheck. It's uh, um, it's kind of like as simple as showing up and following the curriculum. I've seen it. Uh, I'm in California, and I've seen it where teachers are kind of like, "I don't like this curriculum," but it kind of kills the spirit, like the yes. the fire that yes. that we discussed that was uh in your headline here. That, um, if if it ever did exist, and potentially it may have. Early on in the career, it really burns it out because they're like, nope, there's all these barriers and we will not allow you to um, to circumvent certain methods of teaching, which is a requirement, whether on a state level or county level, it, mm-hmm. it really does become complicated. Um, this is why I can reflect on like a handful of teachers and say, no, these guys really got creative about how to stay within their boundaries Mm -hmm. and but find ways to to help us really grasp the content that they wanted us to learn Mm -hmm. um inevitably leading us to be critical thinkers and uh the future of you know our country in a lot of ways i mean um we should equally i feel like you're right equally invest in both the educators Mm -hmm. and the children because it's uh it's really important. Um I'm going to touch up on a uh on a sensitive topic right now and I don't know how you feel about it but uh depending on the state especially here mm-hmm. there's a lot of um there's a lot of push to start educating on gender identity and various things at you know early ages. Mm-hmm. And and I've heard some of this stuff and it has me concerned as a parent because I'm like, well, you know, even as kids, they don't really understand these concepts that well yet. You know, why are why are we exposing them so early to something that uh, they don't even care about necessarily? Like they just they, they want to play. Yeah. Yeah. They want to be a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, why do you think this is happening right now?
1: Again, it goes back to the the pressures of the world. The pressures of society uh, going along with, you know, what the the main area is focused on and concerned about. And I know that our children need to be prepared for that. But as you said, not at such a young age. I think that comes with time, allow them to mature themselves and to grow, and then maybe introduce that at a later time. But early on, I don't think that that's really An interest or a topic that um, a four or five or a six year old in first grade is sitting at home wondering about. So, just giving them an opportunity. I always say reflect on when you were younger and give these babies, especially when I was a principal, I had a a campus and a lot of parents were upset that why can't they have cell phones in the building? Well, when you were in school, did they have cell phones in the (laughs) building? You made it. It's okay. But can we please give them an opportunity to be a child? Let's just go back a couple of steps and lay that foundation, allow them to look forward to coming to school and enjoying school. But we've changed that experience so much for children because of society. And in the long run, it can have a negative impact on our children, so I think it is an important topic, very important, but I do think that we should wait when the children are um, a little bit older and they can receive the information that they are providing
0: and probably a little uh, a little more able to think for themselves in that regard like mm-hmm. early early exposure only can i feel like can only lead to more confusion um. And I mean, it's it's complicated, to say the mm-hmm. least. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, we do have children that um, because, of course, their experiences and their home environment that may know clearly at that age what's going on and what they're interested in. But I would just say, let's just, um, of course, be fair to all children invi- involved give them an opportunity because not all homes discuss the same information. So like you said, give them to the point where they can think for themselves and then present the information so we're all educated about what's going on in our society.
0: I think that's a great point you make though, right? And it goes back to the home being the training ground. Right. You, you know, you can be you can take the responsibility of sharing what you think is of value to you as a parent within your household, but on a, on a macro scale across the nation, I mean, that should be really, um, thoughtfully considered. Exactly. Uh, cause that's, um, the, cause at that point you're, you know, you're disregarding what parents' values may be. And you're just saying this is part of the curriculum now, um, at whatever age group, it could be first grade. It could be fifth grade. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, It seems like uh, certain states are going about it differently, but uh, it's on the horizon and we know that it's happening. Uh, And as a parent, you know, it makes me concerned. I'm like, you know, I don't think any of this is relevant at this age. Why? You know, why? Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, I'm probably not alone, but then there's also going to be many other parents who are like, no, this this is critical. I mean... That comes back to having to agree as a society, looking at each other truthfully and saying, like, what you value may not be what I value, but we should still be respectful. Mm-hmm. if you want If you want the mutual respect back and forth, at the very least, let's um, let's have that understanding.
1: And uh, as what, adults, yes, because we're modeling for our children. And so just because I may not agree with what you're saying as adults, we have to uh, make sure that we're able to have a conversation and then move on because we're teaching our children how to handle situations as they grow older. Just because I don't agree doesn't mean you're a bad person, doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or the topic is horrible, but we just have to look at it through different lens and say, how can we agree to disagree at this moment, and move forward and try to figure out what's best for our children. Because life is going to be complicated for all of us. And no one person agrees with everything. And so, and that's something that I I tell my children all the time, because we're all going to have different discussions and different conversations, but we have to understand that through time, if we can solve those measures, but it's not something so important that, well, you're, I'm going to label you as this because you don't like this topic and you don't agree with me. That goes back to rocking the boat and being a person that can have your independent thought. This is my thought. I have a right to this thought and I need for you to respect that.
0: Yeah. I mean, makes me think about, um, you know, when did words become so fatal? Yes. And yeah. So like, that's one thing and thinking about just, uh, current political climate across the nation last several years and wondering to myself exactly that. Why are people so triggered by words? I mean, um, yes, bullying is not nice. However, that, that bit of education starts at home. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and, but more importantly, um, it's though it can have harm on children mentally. uh, It's, it just, it's tricky you know, how you raise them at home to handle those types of situations, mm-hmm. to build up their self-esteem, to, uh, to, to be, uh, emotionally strong enough to be able to stand up to those types of situations because getting rid of bullying, um, is going to be impossible, whether it's oh. online or in person or in school. I'm sure as a principal yourself, you have seen this and, um, Uh, And what do you do about that child? Right. Because it's uh, depending on the conditions, how they were raised, you know, they picked up these behaviors at home more than likely. Um, So (laughs) incredibly tough all around.
1: Yes. And it's something that's going to exist. Unfortunately, we just have to figure out the best way to try to deal with it and meet it head on, because like you said, it's not going to go away because. It happens in our adulthood. It's not just in our schools. And so as parents, we are either being bullied or we, the, or we are the person that's doing the bullying. But then we'll go to these schools and say X, Y, and Z should not take place. But it's the same thing in our adult life. And so we just have to learn to work with it. How do you stand up to a supervisor that is um, being unfair to you or have you working in a toxic environment? That bullying is going to continue, but making sure that you have the tools to address it um, is what we need to focus on. And that's where that training ground comes in for all of our children and being there to listen, listen, actively listen to our children, not listen while I'm texting or listen while I'm working on work, listen because our children no matter what you're saying and the way that they live the way they walk in our front doors they're telling us a lot sometimes without even saying a word so you have to be attentive to their needs
0: there's so many needs yes <laughs> i got i got to try harder on no. myself you know it's i mean maybe i'm just hard on myself but it's um but still i i have to Feel I feel at times like I have to try harder um, to listen to um, to to be there for my kids. Um, no one else is going to be.
1: Oh no, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Um, right. So it's kind of important that we uh, that we accept this part of the responsibility, knowing that uh, we brought them into this chaotic world. I mean, before we wrap this up, I want to. Talk a little bit more about uh, living an audacious, authentic life to the fullest, doing all the things that you want to do uh, without regret, without mm-hmm. fear of uh, of judgment. Um, you have lived this way, and it looks like you're quite proud. You're quite happy. That is the goal. Happiness is what should be in mind. Uh, and
1: and it's not easy. By any means. And of course, as I shared, I, I, tr- I grew up with them, um, of course, a challenging, dysfunctional household and society. We're all dealing with so much right now. The stress, the anxiety, everyone's yelling at each other. You can't even drive in the car with either being flicked off or someone sh- showing a gun. I mean, we're just on the edge because it's, it's so many pressures that we have. And it's just so important that we take time to try to do, to live in the moment. And like recently in 2019, I became the caregiver for both my mom and my dad. I brought them here to to our area. I lost my dad in 2021. He had strokes, aphasia, and a feeding tube. And um, I just lost my mom in April. Uh, They passed within 10 months of each other. She had Parkinson's and dementia. And they were married for 61 years. So even with that, this week, it'll be six months of um, living without my mom. So we all have the challenges and the, the tribulations that we go through. But we have to find uh, in every situation we're going through, there is something that's positive in the situation. It took me a couple of months. And of course, I know grief lasts so long and no one can replace them. And, and they were my cheerleaders. They were my advocates, even in my adult life, um, checking on us and making sure that we were okay. But you have to look inside. If it's a work situation, if it's a job situation, you have to decide, how can I maintain that flame? And the the way you can do that is figuring out, what is my why? Why am I in this job? What do I like about this job? What is my why? Why am I in this relationship? What do I like about this relationship? going through those areas, figuring out your why and reigniting your flame. And that's going to be start with a positive mindset. What you think our mind holds everything, positive thoughts, negative thoughts, guilt, pain, and we're going to have to be in control of that and not allow our thoughts to control us. We have to take action on things that are important to us, even if it's of three steps a day. And this is what I had to do through my grief with my my grief with my parents. I'm going to wake up and today I'm going to go for a walk. Then I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to do something for Nicole. But those baby steps. And then you must be intentional. You have to be intentional with your relationships. You have to be intentional with the life that you want to create. That means sitting time sitting down making time to make it happen. Then you have to nurture yourself. That is going to be very important. And once you do that, focus on time. We don't have forever. You don't have forever with your children. So every moment, live in that moment. We're so busy thinking, okay, what am I going to do six months from now? What about today? What are you going to do today? And stop putting things off. Well, I'll, I'll start that next Wednesday. What about a baby step today that'll get you going in that direction? And then you have to be authentic. Who cares? When I was little, I loved doing cartwheels in the grocery store. I have no idea why I did that. But that was just something I loved to do. So as an adult, you go into the workplace and people are like, why are you always so happy? Well, I'm going to live it so I can receive it. And that's being who I am. Why do you dress like that? I'm at a high school. I have on a clown outfit or I have on some sparkles and the high, they're like, they don't like that. Well, high school kids used to come up to me and say, Dr. Bradford, where is your Valentine's Day ears?" And I'm thinking you're 18 years old. Yes, you always light up my day when I walk in and I see you dressed up. So you, you never know the difference you can make. And I have an integrity. We must have integrity in everything we do. We're lacking that so much in our society. And then coming up with your non-negotiables. This is what I like. This is what I need to be successful, and I'm going to draw the line in the sand, and I'm not going to let you change my mind. So we have to maintain our flame so that we can create the life that we deserve. And that means going against the grain sometimes. but it doesn't matter as long as you're living audaciously authentic.
0: Yes, I did see that too, maintain. And, um, and I was reading through them. I'm like, yes, these are all facts of life. Um, and easy to forget. Yes. Um. You know, I was going through it. Let me see here. If I yeah. So yeah. <laughs> A, maintain. M. Shifting your mindset. A. Taking action while being accountable. Such an important word. Accountable for. You know your actions. Uh, your choices. Sometimes you're gonna make choices that you know aren't great. Be accountable to them. Live up to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Not only will this strengthen your character yeah. right because you're you can accept blame when it's properly placed whether right. it's by you or by others it's that's mm-hmm. totally fine uh be intentional right I, I i love that because uh it made me wonder um you know as, as as these bodies you know we're mostly water and have you heard that water retains memory mm. have you heard that
1: no no i haven't
0: uh, there's some interesting uh, interesting studies out there. I have followed it for a, a little while. Some of mm. the first stuff were, that we had seen was some years back where they had done experiments on water, whether they play at different types of music um, mm. at different frequencies or, or whatever, you know. Right. Um, I'll share it with you. I'll try to find it and I'll share it with you. We you know, I would say that it's worth at least exploring a little bit more to see just how much truth is there behind the science. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, you know, yes, a being authentic. um, I feel like for ourselves, it's the most important, you know, forget, you know, forget the world. Like, what do you want? I feel like I was, I feel like as an individual, Mm -hmm. um, By the age of 29, I still, you know, I think Mm -hmm. I felt like I had achieved quite a lot and not enough. And what had ended up happening was I started falling apart emotionally and Mm -hmm. and psychologically, just questioning everything. It just became, I'm like, how can someone at 29 have a midlife crisis? I haven't even made it to midlife yet, (laughs) (laughs) but I wasn't authentic to myself. So a lot of those a lot of those self-induced treatments opened mm-hmm. up some of those doors to to asking the right questions, leading to some of those answers. And that was one of the things that revealed itself. Um, integrity. I think you're right. Uh, when we look at um, when we look at where we are as a mm-hmm. country, I don't even think it's a word that comes up anymore. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, and then the no regrets. I feel like living a full life. What I've what I've realized as a at this point in my life and I look at many other people around me, I say, what are the things that are plaguing these people? Because you can see, you know, um, body language says a lot. Oh, yeah. um, choice of words says a lot. Uh, expressions, everything. And I look at it, various individuals, whether in my family or extended families. And I say, what's, you know, what could, what could be the issue? And oftentimes I get the sense that it is regret mm-hmm. and, you know, though maintain doesn't have this one, the word maintain, um, uh, doesn't have this letter, but, um, I feel like, uh, gosh, it was here and now it's gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: what happens to us nowadays. Yeah. 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 Like I had it and then, but it's uh, something that I've held on to myself that I felt was, um, would fit very well with the idea, but since it's gone, I'm not going to try to pull it back out. It's, you know, maybe, maybe on our next, um, uh, next conversation together. I think, uh, I think you are a valuable resource to this world. Thank you. Um, continue doing what you're doing. Is there anything you want my uh, readers, listeners, or watchers to know? I am going to link all your info down below so they will okay. they will find you.
1: Okay. Well, I just want to encourage everyone in a time, especially that we're all struggling and someone's going through something. So while you're working on yourself and creating the the better you and the life that you desire, always take time to check on someone else. And just be that that ear because you never know what people are going through. And I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, to be on such a, a wonderful platform today and to listen to me and uh, giving me an opportunity to share. I think you're doing great things and your family's truly blessed. So thank you.